Hey, Sam. Hey, Sandra. Uh, so, what's up? <laughs> Nothing much. <laughs> yeah, this is another cachito for y'all. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've done a cachito, but I feel like these are more for, like, quick updates. Maybe very serious news that we can't necessarily cover with our episodes because we don't record our episodes for, like, current events and things like that. So with these, they're a lot smaller, a little more digestible, bite-sized pieces of more relevant news and just maybe random instances that we just feel wouldn't be a full-length episode. So... Yeah... And I think it's also to give like spotlights to stories that are coming up, but maybe haven't garnered as much attention as they could, but they're very important stories that need to be shared. And so this week we're going to be talking about Belize and Nicaragua and conditions, you know, political climates in both of these countries at the moment and how they're not really being talked about. You know, we don't hear much about them. I've heard a lot about them through Twitter. But other than Twitter, I don't really hear about it. The Nicaragua story, I'm kind of like, I heard about it through my supervisor. I hadn't been on Twitter that morning. And then when hearing about it, I was just like, wow, why isn't this being talked about more? And so that's why we figured we'd do this episode. Yeah. And the other topic that we would like to talk about is the the Guatemala-Belize territorial dispute and how essentially Guatemala wants to annex Belize and make them a part of Guatemala because they feel like they have a claim over Belize. And so there's been a lot of like political back and forth. And obviously Belizeans are like, no, you're sus. And then Guatemala is being very colonizer (laughs) and like in a modern day colonial sense, which is very interesting that this is something that Guatemala is like choosing to do politically when it's like, maybe you should uh, focus on like, your rate of femicide or your rate of violence in your country Mm. versus like a very i don't know like everyone's fighting about borders or something and which is kind of ridiculous because borders are not real a lot of people from belize are also guatemalans that fled because of the abuse of indigenous people and like the killings of indigenous people belize and guatemala have had a very contentious relationship for a long time now yeah let's go into the the belize topic a bit so as you mentioned there's been disputes between guatemala and belize and not necessarily just belize also guatemala has had disputes with the british who occupied the territory and colonized you know modern day belize and so they've been contesting this land for a while and it's led to like i don't know i think very interesting flip-flops of sorts where Guatemala will low-key forget about their claim and then come back to it every now and again whenever it's politically, like, advantageous to go for it. And so the reason this comes up really recently is because earlier this month of April, Guatemala held a referendum asking for the case of territorial who it belongs to is going to be contested before the International Court of Justice. And so a bit of context in order for a case to be recommended to the International Court of Justice, both countries or parties have to agree to it based on a referendum held in their home countries. So Guatemala did this first and uh, an astonishing actually 89% of voters want the case to be filed with the International Court of Justice. But the interesting point is that only 26% of people in Guatemala actually showed up to vote for this referendum. 
So like a bulk majority of voters want the claim to go to the ICJ, but not a lot of people are even voting. And so, yeah, like it just shows that a lot of this idea of like fighting for borders is a bit outdated in the sense that, you know, some people don't even want to contest this. They don't even want to take it even further than just like, I don't know, like a racist rambling, I think. And so it's interesting to see Guatemala going for this and going for it so hard. Like, I don't know. I don't think we've really heard of like annexation stories too recently besides, you know, the Crimea. And that was like a very military, like what you think of like a country just sending in troops and being like, this is our land now, you know, like that's a very violent occupation of, yeah. a, of, a, of a land. And that that was that being done just a few years ago was like very like shit like that really froze a lot of tensions and all that kind of stuff between russia and that's why like russia is also in like kind of an elevated kind of sus state with a lot of other countries because russia is literally trying to like expand itself which is very interesting and the fact that this is not necessarily that case but people in belize because it's a very small country compared to guatemala like there have been military displays and military exercises near the border so obviously even though this might not be a massive military type of takeover the fact that they're flexing this obviously will make belizeans very nervous because you know there's not enough people i feel like in both countries to really have something of a military fight but i also i mean i don't want to rule that out either right like you never know no yeah and i think that that like i learned about that a bit in my international relations classes where it's just game theory you know like you're gonna flex on people and you're gonna show them like your military so that they know that like hey i'm very serious about this trust that i won't do anything to you right now but know that i can just the threat of i can cause you some kind of damage is enough to keep people from like actually fighting against it or to feel terrified about it just because it's just like, hey, this threat of violence is pretty real. I don't want to know how real it can get. But just seeing your fucking guns is enough to make me, like, sketched. Uh, so this whole thing, I feel like, has been obviously super racialized because Belize is, like, a very Caribbean and, like, Afro-acknowledging country. And a big example of that, which we all saw on Central American Twitter, was a sort of campaign to stir racist voters into voting for Belize to be annexed, the Goodbye Belize play, which had actors in blackface to represent Belizeans. And it's just kind of a play to depict like the longstanding like territorial conflict, but also to be like, yeah, well, we want Belize back. So this is, it, it was just like this whole political stunt to like inspire racist people and something else that really caught my eye was a congressperson who was fighting for this annexation didn't even say belize he was talking and he was talking about how they wanted to annex brazil so it's like wow. ridiculous right and then everyone was like making a lot of watermelons yeah. i follow a few watermelon meme pages they were <laughs> being like oh <laughs> guess brazil's ours now like uh, da, da, da. and it was it was <laughs> it was pretty funny just like making fun of the situation of just like this is so ridiculous like why are we even talking about belize like brazil is the bigger territory or some shit it's just ridiculous that this is kind of going on and it kind of goes to show that a lot of people i don't think really care it's kind of like just go to belize you know <laughs> like just 
a lot of people yeah. travel there. A lot of people vacation there. A lot of people have family there. You know, there's they have mixed and they've had many people kind of come back and forth, especially like the indigenous Guatemalans. So I just think it's a very ridiculous and honestly a racial conflict. No, yeah, I definitely feel you on that. I think the whole racial dynamic is what really like spurs the movement. And so I think it's very easy for folks to just like fall victim to their own anti-blackness, especially in Central American communities. So if you like just see the play set when the border dispute started and you have actors in blackface, you know, who's the intended audience? Who is really trying to see this? Yeah, it's just meant to further inspire racism. And so I think a lot of Belizeans maybe are unbothered in the sense that they know Guatemala is not really going to do that. But the fact that it's being so voted on, that they're seeing all this imagery is enough to make people like, hey, we should be talking about this. Like, y'all should be acknowledging that this shit is going on and that Guatemala is starting to flex. It's starting to, like, I don't know, cause some havoc in Central America. Yeah, and the fact that they want to claim ownership of a place that has, like, fully flourished its own identity and its own culture. And, Mm -hmm. like, Belize was never really a part of, like, Guatemala, like... That part was never, when the Spaniards were in Central America, that specific portion, like Belize, was not really touched by Spaniards. Mm -hmm. And the British came and they colonized that specific area to build it as like a port and make it a lumber territory because they have a lot of mahogany and the, the Belizeans are very famous for their mahogany. Belize has always kind of been its own thing and that's why a lot of people in Belize speak English and that's why there's like a big Creole and influence and it, it's like similar to like Jamaica and other I guess British colonized areas because of that influence and there is like no real reason for what they want to really claim it in my opinion yeah i don't see that i don't know i think the the whole referendum in guatemala is just to show like here are your racists know that they're like a, a quarter of the population who take this very seriously and that almost all of them are like willing to take this to the international court of justice belize has yet to respond to that and they will probably hold a referendum of their own to take this to the International Court of Justice. But if they do, I feel like all it's going to really do is garner international support for Belize and just to, like, say, like, hey, Guatemala is a colonizer. Or at least that's what I'm hoping for. You know, like, I'm hoping people are just like, yo, Guatemala, what the fuck is going on? Why y'all trying to take over uh, a country? You know, a country that has formed its own, like you said, identity and cultural traditions and just how it's so different from you. And y'all are just being racist and want it. Yeah, I don't know. It this is a developing thing still. So like, if folks know more about this, we definitely invite y'all to talk to us and just talk to each other about it. You know, this is something that I yeah. feel like has been very <laughs> overlooked, especially in Central American Twitter. Uh, everyone is talking more about the place specifically, but I feel like there should also be conversations on just like the history of this intent of it. Too, yeah, yeah, the intent, the history, everything, the actual political moves that are happening should be what is being talked about i feel like this is like a very sensationalist move and like that's what they want like they want people to be talking about this they want people to talk about the racism of this shit but it's like i think we should focus on like the belizean perspective and the belizean political moves versus some fucking racist ass shit you know all right so 
that was our segment on Belize. Now we're going to go ahead and talk to y'all about Nicaragua, which has also been pretty relevant lately. Um, this is actually like, you know, day three or four of what's been going on in Nicaragua. So do you want to go ahead and tell us a bit about it, Sandra? As of now, we're April 21st. So obviously things can keep changing. This is a very ongoing situation. So Nicaragua, there was a sort of reform of social security, or at least a proposed reform. And there has been a conflict that has erupted between student activists and the government. So the social security plan would essentially increase taxes on workers and reduce pensions given to retirees. And and it began on Wednesday, April 18th. And some of the protesters have begun to speaking out about how this is more of a move to cover the asses of politicians who have been mismanaging funds, corrupt, embezzling money. You know, like you're, there is money for social security, but y'all are just like spending it on stupid shit. So, and mismanaging yeah. it. So now you're just gonna take away more of our money and and that people are like, fuck this. Give less to the people who yeah. need it too. So students have been very involved and as of now, 10 people have died and there are uh, very disturbing images and students and just people on multiple sides, pro-government, like anti-government people have been subjected to violence and they have been dying. So do you want to continue, Sam? No, yeah. Um, I think it's also intense in the sense that, you know, the government response has been to meet this with, like, police force. And also we have the vice president, which is, okay, this is going to go into something like that's hella, like, nepotism and hella intense. But Rosario Murillo, the vice president of Nicaragua, is actually the president, I think it's Daniel Ortega, his wife. Yeah, so, and she referred to all the protesters as vampires who are essentially leeching off of the government and, like, trying to harm their country folk or whatever. And so it's interesting that the government approach has been to meet this with deadly violence and also referring to them as vampires, you know, a leech. And so these are your taxpayers, girl. Like, you know, what are you doing? You know, (laughs) if you're the fucking leader of this country and you're referring to the people who are paying for your luxurious fucking mansions and... I don't know, all the shit that you're embezzling. A vampire is like, what are you doing? You know, that's, I don't know. I don't know. Public offices are just, like, really intense in the sense that, like, you can't just insult your fucking constituents like that. You cannot. And so, yeah. And so we also have the UN Human Rights Office condemning this violence. So they're saying that Nicaragua has to support their citizens in, like, demonstrating their their frustrations with the government, that they have to support them rather than silencing their voices. And so... It's just intense in the sense that, you know, we have the vice president of a country saying that these people are leeches. And then the vice president herself is married to the president. You know, like what kind of fucking dynasty shit is going on here? You know, when you have the the president who in 2016 was reelected in rumors of a rigged election, you know, he persuaded lawmakers to do away with like presidential term limits. And he also made them essentially overlook the fact that his wife was going to be his running mate. And now they're leading the country. They secured the the promise of power. And all they're just doing is just fucking shooting their own civilians. Mm-hmm. And there is like a very clear anti-protester sentiment. Uh, I think about five news stations were completely shut off. They yeah. don't want this to be happening. They don't want this news to get out. They are 
very clearly suppressing the people in Nicaragua. And so a lot of this information has been on Twitter, it has been online, on Instagram. And I highly suggest people to go on the hashtag SosNicaragua and see what's going on. You know, people who are peacefully protesting are being arrested and there has been, you know, people shooting bullets and tear gas at people and people who were obviously have been murdered. So I think it's something that we should definitely be supporting and be very, you know, interested in. This is especially with Nicaragua, which was to me a country that has had like an uptick of immigration from like El Salvador, Honduras and Guatemala because it, it was it was seen as a safer alternative in Central America versus those countries. So, you know, in Central America, it kind of just goes to show that there still has not been political stability, even in the countries that we see as like the 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 more relevant and the shining stars of Central America. There is still a lot of political turmoil and a lot of power moves and power dynamics. And it, it's really sad that this is a, you know, it kind of just goes to show that politics in Central America have not moved anywhere since essentially like the 1920s, you know? There's they're constant, like, people grabbing power and then military intervention from other countries, aka the United States, and then just people dying and migration and diaspora and you know the cycle continues and continues and it's it's just really sad because obviously this puts a strain on the people who are living there and it doesn't allow a country to really you can't the country itself can't find and formulate its own identity and its full potential if everything is constantly violent and full, full of conflict so i don't know i hope people with family in nicaragua I hope y'all are safe. I hope shit is getting better. I don't think it will, but I just hope that your family is safe and just the people there are like fighting for their fucking rights. Yeah, I definitely agree with you with a lot of what you said. I feel like you said, you know, this isn't being talked about outside of like Nicaraguan spaces and Twitter or social media spaces. I heard about this through my supervisor who's Nicaraguan. And his family members were, like, sharing Facebook videos with each other about what was going on. So, like, I encourage all of y'all who have either an interest in Nicaragua, have friends or family in Nicaragua, to go ahead and, like, look into this and actually, you know, educate yourself on what's going on and how, like Sandra mentioned, a lot of Central American governments have not been working for the people as of late. You know, we not too long ago, we heard all about Honduras and the recent election and how violent that suppression of it was. We have a very similar case here in Nicaragua, except it's not through an election, it's actually through a reform, which is like completely bogus. You know, they're gonna take more money from you and give less back. It's just, I don't know, it's straight up fraud and robbery. And then we have Guatemala going all anti-black colonizer on, you know, their fucking neighbor, Belize. And so it's just, it's getting really, really intense. And like you said, it hasn't gotten better. No, not at all. Yeah. So, yeah. Sorry to give out gloomy and really sad news, but also you you need to know what's happening in the world to make it better. So, yeah. okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Thanks for, for... tuning in. <laughs> yeah. So we hope to see you on a better note the next time and have a good week. 
yeah stay safe stay informed and yeah do your thing all right goodbye